Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's word. I have a powerful word for you in this series called Fulfilled. That's the word of the Lord, Fulfilled. And we're going to go ahead and get into the second message of the series. Would you kindly stand up on your feet, take your Bibles, and turn to the book of Luke, chapter 10. Luke and 10. And if you didn't hear last week's message, you can go and avail yourself of that on all of the different social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, podcast. And here we go. Luke 10, second message in the series on fulfilled. Luke 10, starting in verse 38, find verse 38 now. And let's read through verse 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. I want you to say that. Martha was distracted. Say it again. Martha was distracted. by all the preparations that had to be made. So she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Verse 41, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will be not taken away from her. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this powerful prophetic word that was given over King's Cathedral and Chapels, fulfilled, that this is a year where fulfillment will take place. This is a year where words will be fulfilled, where people will learn what it is to walk in fulfillment. And God, I pray this morning, that you would touch every single man, woman, and child. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you will do. Move in power through this word, I pray, in the name of Jesus, amen. Again, Pastor Karen's birthday today. And, um, you know, my wife is one of the most diligent people I know. She's always working. In fact, I have to slow her down. I Some of the men might bear witness to what I'm about to say. I remember... Uh, when the children were little and she went away for a conference or she went away for some reason and I had the great joy of taking care of my two beautiful children. She was gone, I think, an overnight and she came back the following day. When she came back, I would have given her anything she asked. I would have paid any amount of money because I cannot believe what I had to do over the 24-hour period feeding children, caring for the children, doing all the, the different things that she had to do and the things that I had to do, you know, laundry, so on and so forth. I mean, the women of the house uh, and all of you who work so diligently as household technicians and mothers and wives, I think you deserve a hand clap because it's an amazing amount of work and honestly, I'm not built for it. Thank God for my wife. Thank God for Pastor Karen. Thank God for all those who work so hard. And of course, it's not just women, it's men also. And when I think about some of the things that we need, when you think about fulfillment, when you think about being fulfilled, 
What do you think about? What is it would make you fulfilled? Is it more money? Do you think it's more money? That if you had more money, you had lots of money, you had billions of dollars, do you think you'd be satisfied with that? Well, we know that that's not true, simply because people who attain that or have that, many of them find themselves on psychiatric couches and uh, take their lives. You know, what, what do you think it would be to, that would bring fulfillment to you? Would it be a better job? Would it be, would it be a, a better spouse? Would it be, I mean, fill in the blank. What is it that you need to make you fulfilled? Think about that. God wants you to be fulfilled. He's made a plan for you to be fulfilled. It is his desire, his intention to fulfill your deepest need. Now, we have wants and needs are two different things. Needs are like you need oxygen. You need air to breathe. Your your heart needs to beat within your chest, otherwise you don't have life. Your Maserati, your, 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 your Harley Davidson, that might be a want. Might be. Some people say, well, we need more conveniences. We need, you know, the modern people, us, have more time than they've ever had in history. Do you know, if you were alive 100 years ago, 200 years ago, you had to farm, you had to make your own clothes, you had to, I mean, think about ironing. Some of you ironed your blouse today or ironed your shirt today before church. Some of you maybe should have. Anyway, irons, (laughs) irons, they, they used to have coals that they would put in these, Pieces of steel, you know, I mean, heat up a piece. How about bed warmers? You have an electric blanket at home, maybe you flick that thing on and boom, you're instantly warm. They had hot coals they would put in, in these bed pans and heat their beds with them. There's more time now because we don't have to go out and farm. I and mean, most people don't go out and kill what they're going to eat tonight for dinner. Of course, in Alaska, there are some exceptions. No, there, there's, there's more time on our hands now. It's not more conveniences you need. It's, it's not more time writing your notes. We have more time than we've ever had. None of those things meet our deepest need. Let's look at this text. The text is sandwiched between the Good Samaritan and Jesus' teaching on, on prayer. And it, it takes place in a, in a place called Bethany, and it's, it's important that the, the placement of it in Scripture here in Luke 10 shows the importance of what Jesus is saying. Jesus is at Martha and Mary's home. Also, Lazarus is their brother. You remember Lazarus? He dies, and and Jesus comes after he's dead, more than three days, and they believe that after three days, it's impossible to raise the dead because his spirit would have been gone. That's what Hebrew, what's what Hebrews believe, Jews believe. So he would come, he came and he rose Lazarus from the dead. It's, it's their home. So he shows up. This is before Lazarus is gone and before he's resurrected. And Martha and Mary are, are there. Mary is resting at the feet of the Lord, listening to everything that he's saying. Martha is busy doing the, the, the work that needed to be done to host Jesus. And this is, not, this is not some big expose on their personality. And we all have different personalities. It's not a commentary on personality on how the contemplative person is more spiritual. And the one who works hard is more filled with anxiety. No, that, that's not the case. And there are different personalities. No, both of them loved Jesus. And they were loving Jesus in different ways. Because Martha was doing the work that she was doing. She was expressing her 
her love for Jesus through hospitality and working hard. But Mary's love for Jesus was being expressed at sitting at his feet. And so when Jesus basically rebukes Martha, he's not rebuking her personality. How many of you know some people that cannot stop working? And how many of you know that that can be unto the Lord? It can be also workaholism. That's a different topic. But both of them love Jesus and expressed it differently. Right in your notes. They both love Jesus and expressed it differently. So God's speaking to us some basic things here as we talk about being fulfilled. First of all, it's a warning to guard your attitude. It's a what? It's a warning to guard your attitude. What do you mean? Martha has an attitude. All that she's doing, she's doing unto the Lord, but she's bent out of shape about Mary. She's bent that Mary's not working with her. She's bent that Mary's not carrying the load that she's carrying. She begins to have an attitude problem. Martha preparing all this hospitality. She's cooking. She's cleaning. And the problem wasn't that she was working. The problem was that she was resenting Mary because she wasn't doing what Martha thought was the most important thing. And that is dangerous. He said, well, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, you know, when you're a hard worker and you see somebody that doesn't like working hard, maybe they're more contem contem contemplative, contemplative, a couple different ways to say that, I guess. People have a tendency to get resentful. And then the person who's, who's more resting at the feet, his head is on the breast of Jesus, they have a tendency to think, well, look at that workaholic. There's two different types of people. Both are loving the Lord. It's an attitude. It's an attitude issue in someone's heart where they begin to judge someone because they're not working or judge someone because they're not resting at the feet of Jesus, listening to, to worship songs, praying in tongues all day. Now, we have to be careful that we don't resent others. They're not doing what we think they should be doing. Is that conviction I smell all the way through the video, I, I think it is. Because many times we have, a we have a tendency to look down our nose at somebody because they're not been spiritual or, and, and their, their spirituality being expressed as hard work and serving. Or their spirituality being expressed as waiting on the Lord and sitting at his feet. You know, you need both, really. And Jesus was, was warning about attitudes. We can resent others. Look at number two. We can resent Jesus. Ooh. Everybody say, ooh. We can resent Jesus because he doesn't do what we want him to do. <laughs> he, he's either the Lord of all or he ain't the Lord at all. And if you don't trust his leadership, I don't know about you. It's probably just me. I've been resentful at times that Jesus didn't do what I asked him or what I prayed. He didn't do it. I'm like, Lord, really? And he's like, yeah, I think I know better than you, son. Just trust me. But we have a tendency to think, you know, Lord, you didn't do it and get resentful about it and get angry about it. I mean, isn't that funny? Is that insane that we, God's creation, the object of his love, would actually get angry at God because he didn't do something? And when you look at the omnipotence and his and who he is, omnipresent, omniscient, all-knowing. You look at him and his, his, his love. The definition of love is God. God is love. God is light, the scripture says. And we, we as creation have a tendency to resent God because he didn't do this thing for us. 
He didn't do it because it's the best thing for you. Apparently, in the big plan of all of creation, he loves you so much that he'll wait to give you that thing because it'll destroy you. Oh, but you want it. I want it. I want, Lord, I'm mad at you. I mean, he's like, it's like, my God, you need a little, little, a little rattler and go back to the crib and Jesus, come on, let's have a praise break. Oh, help us, God. Don't resent God. Don't get angry at God. Draw near to him. He knows what's best. Trust his leadership. And we can resent Jesus because he doesn't do what we want him to do. And I've, had, I've seen people work so hard, and then they quit because nobody congratulated them. Oh, my. Do you know anybody like that? Have you ever known anybody that works so, di- so diligently, but then in their diligence, they don't have somebody to come? Now, we all need a pat on the back. We all need encouragement. I'm not saying that. But if, who are you really doing that thing for? I, in my life, I've, I've worked very diligently for man. And I'm gonna tell you, the end result of that is a serious letdown. Don't try to be a man pleaser. You can't please everybody. You gotta live to please the Lord. Colossians 3 talks about serving and working unto the Lord. So I've known people that have quit, quit jobs, quit the ministry because they didn't get a pat on the back or they didn't get the accolade or they didn't get the trophy or they didn't get the acknowledgement. And we all need acknowledgement, but ultimately, ultimately, who are you working so hard for? Who are you, what are you doing it for? Are you doing it for the Lord or are you doing it so that somebody pays attention to you? And if you're doing it for somebody to pay attention, you need healing. Be healed, even now. Be healed. Look what Martha says. Martha says to Jesus, don't you even care? Wow, what audacity to talk to the Lord like that. Don't you even care? I mean, I kind of wonder, I sort of want Jesus to respond different ways when people say things to him in the scripture, but he just answers so Christ-like. Maybe because he's Christ. (laughs) I mean, like, What do you mean I don't care? I came here to die for the life. I came down to this cesspool, left my heavenly father, the heavenly abode, to come to live with you morons, and now I'm gonna die for you. You ought to get a grip. I mean, he doesn't do any of that. He just just lets it roll off. (laughs) Why don't you tell, then then she tells God what to do. Why don't you tell Mary, why don't you tell Mary to get, get in the kitchen and get to work? I mean, that's amazing. Our attitude can become bad and needs to be corrected. And some of you need your attitude corrected. And uh, so he brings the likes of me to preach to you right now to correct your attitude. I hope you're getting encouraged. There's a revelation of our deepest need is what Jesus gives. It's more than money. It's more than a new job. It's more than all of those things. It wasn't that Martha was doing something wrong. It was her attitude that was wrong. It wasn't that Mary was doing something wrong by not helping Martha. It was Martha's attitude that was being corrected. We all need to serve. It's not that you don't serve and you just, I'm just being a Mary. The rest of my life, I'm gonna be a Mary. Yeah, no, it's, you serve. And you see, there's times of, of being a Martha working hard, but you have to have the right attitude and there's times of being a merry and resting. So our revelation of our deepest need, he said, well, if I, if I just had more money, I had a new house, I had a new car, I had a new truck. I saw this guy. 
I met him. His name's Tommy Studmuffin. If I just had him. No, Tommy Studmuffin is not going to satisfy your deepest need. Neither is Susie Q. It, it's not people. It's, it's God. Everybody say it's God. It's God. We need fellowship with Jesus. That is what we need. You need fellowship with Jesus. Fellowship with Jesus is what satisfies you. You know, I've had times in my life, uh, even recently, where I get overwhelmed. The building project, personal things, ministry things, they, they start stacking up. And I find my attitude starts getting deeply affected when I don't spend time with the Lord. But if I, and it's not that I don't spend, I mean, I mean shut things down and really come away with them. I mean more than just morning prayer and my regular, there's times where I really just need to unplug and, and press in and, and spend time with them. And it's in those moments that I get refreshed and I get answers and I get satisfied. The satisfaction in, that will come in your life is not from doing things, it's from, it's from who you are. I'm his son, I'm God's son. He said, son, he says to me, son, don't cast your cares upon me for I care for you. He cares for you. You're here this morning listening to this message. I'm telling you, God cares for you. He cares for you. He knows the needs you have before you even realize you need them. But it's out of fellowship with him that brings deep satisfaction. It's not money or Tommy or Susie or anything else. It's fellowship with Jesus. It's what? Fellowship with Jesus, it satisfies you. And we need to learn of him, learn of his word. You know, we have a discover track that takes place here on Sunday mornings. If you haven't been through that, get, get into that and go through that. Learn about what your gifts are and where your, where your place is to serve and learn about the Lord and grow. We have life groups you know, that we, that we <laughs> meet weekly in different homes, in different places. These life groups are so people can grow in relationship with God and with each other and learn God's word. There's so many people that are, that are they're biblically illiterate and they don't have a depth of understanding of who God is. And if you don't know who God is, then you're just gonna settle for who he isn't. God wants to bless you. If, if Martha had understand who was really sitting there, first of all, I don't think she would have been said, tell her to... You're not going to tell God to do anything. And, and, you know, don't you even care? Don't I care? I came to die on a cross for you, Martha. Yeah, he, she didn't understand. You must grow in the knowledge of God. And that happens in the context and the soil of, of course, learning the word, but also being with people and living it out in the context of a community of faith. That's what's happening here at King's. But make sure that you understand your deepest need will not be met by money, fame, fortune. It'll be met by a deep abiding walk with God. A deep abiding walk with the one who made you. That is what will fulfill your deepest need. That is your deepest need. You know, Jesus was in the wilderness. And he's tempted. uh, It's called the, the temptation there in the wilderness, he's tempted by the devil to take these stones and turn them into bread. And what has Jesus said? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you'll understand that revelation will come to you in God's word that'll satisfy you more than a biscuit, satisfy you more than bread, more than natural sustenance. There's a sustenance and a satisfaction that comes from your walk and your relationship with Jesus that food cannot supply. 
Do you need food? Well, of course you need food. But you need God to deeply satisfy your greatest needs. We need Jesus to expose, look at your, your notes with me now. We need Jesus to expose our anxieties, our frustrations, our distractions. It's amazing to me that, that he speaks so directly to Martha. You're worried and filled with anxiety, he says. And God says that to you today, some of you. Some of you are worried and filled with anxiety. He says, you're, he points to her and says, you're, you're worried and filled with anxiety. Stop, Martha, stop. So, I mean, what are you worried about? I mean, you of you through worrying, Jesus says, can add one cubit to his stature. What are you, what are you, so, what are you so worried about that, that you're going to miss your calling and miss the, the fulfillment of your very purpose for being in life? Make Jesus your goal, and you'll never miss fulfillment. Don't be filled with anxiety. Put it off. Be anxious for nothing. It says in Philippians, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and petition, make your request known to God on the peace of God will transcend your understanding, guard your, guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And literally that text, by being filled with anxiety, you actually open your heart to being troubled, even demonically. Don't worry, don't be afraid. There's gotta come a revelation of his deep abiding love and care for you. We need Jesus to expose our anxiety. What are you, what are you worried about? Ask him to expose that and then ask him to, to, to take it from you. He's gonna meet your every need out of relationship. He so cares for you. And when you spend time with him, he reveals not only your anxieties, but he'll, he'll heal you. He said, well, you don't understand what my husband did. Okay, okay, what did, what did he do? He went through a stop sign on the way to church this morning. Okay, we, we, you're alive, you're here. You don't understand, that's beside the point. Okay, you're all stressed out about the fact that he went through a stop sign on the way to church or he blew the red light or he was over the speed limit. I mean, you're here, you're alive. You say, you don't understand. He knows how anxious it makes me. Listen, maybe, maybe it's too much about you. Smile at me, go ahead. You know, you, you could be too much about you. All right, let's pick on the dudes before you start throwing rocks at the screen right now. Maybe you should slow down a little bit and not be in such a rush because you know it makes your wife anxious. Prefer one another. Yield to one another. Love one another. But so oftentimes we're messed up because we're so about ourselves. Oh, that's, a, that's convicting. Why are you so upset? Many times, again, we're so upset because of what took place in the past. And God's trying to help you and heal you and bring you into this new life of peace and joy. We all have a tendency to be about ourselves. The third thing is it's a word of hope, a word of hope. We're busier than any other generation, and we're more distracted than any other generation. We've created people because of screens, because of screens, because of media and advertising. We've created people that are fractured in their ability to concentrate. You know, I, I've read in articles and people sharing me, you really, you really have to change your services to be more flash and move quicker. And, and you, can't, you can't go past 20 minutes, which we've disproved even this morning. Because you'll lose people's concentration. They can't, listen, we're distracted. We're a distracted culture, but God wants us to not be distracted and allow him to heal the deepest parts of us. Jesus really cares. Come on, say that. Jesus, I can't hear you. Try it again. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus really 
He does. Jesus really does care about you. And, and, and don't allow the distractions to rob you. Don't allow your sister to rob you. Don't allow your brother to rob you. Don't allow your attitude about the way somebody else is serving God, a Martha, and they're not doing it right, Mary. They're not spiritual. They, they are spiritual where they're serving. But if you're serving in that way and that's the way that God wired you up, don't you get all teed off at Mary because Mary's serving also. They're both loving God two different ways. You've got to allow for Jesus to be the center of your life. And in doing that, you'll find great joy in serving him and you'll find great joy sitting before him. Really, we need to do both. We need to get back on track. Understand this morning that true fulfillment is only found in Jesus. So we're gonna live a year of being fulfilled. We need to grow in him, grow in his word, learn of him, have fellowship with him, fellowship with each other, and not have a bad attitude and worry. Don't you even care, Lord? Yeah, he cares. He was crucified for you. Quit moaning. Get your eyes off yourself. Get into God's word. You'll understand he's the very definition of caring. He's the one that's laid down his life for you, rose again from the grave for you, for me. Will he withhold what you deeply need? No, he won't. He gives it to you freely. And he graciously gives us all things for our enjoyment. Don't make it about that, though. Come on, you, you are not arrayed like Solomon in all of his glory, but God cares for you, the birds of the air. Come on, it's the whole Sermon on the Mount right there. He's going to meet your need, but your deepest need is the most important one, which is fellowship with God, being made right with God, having your sins forgiven, and walking with him in this life, fulfilling purpose and destiny. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.